Hello, this is Brother Walter Terrell. Welcome to today's edition of the Sowing and Reaping audio podcast. I hope and trust that today's podcast will be a help and a blessing to all who are listening. Now let's turn to Psalm chapter number 27 and we'll begin today's audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today to today's uh, Song and Reaping Audio podcast. I hope and trust that today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Now we're going to begin reading in Psalm chapter number 27, where the Word of God says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me, Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. And so I'm going to read for the sake of time today. May God add his blessings to the reading of Psalm chapter number 27, verse number 1 through verse number 6. You know, the day and time in which we and I live in, these are times and circumstances uh, that we are uncertain of. And the time and circumstances of this psalm really aren't clearly revealed. But it was written at a time when David was pursued by his enemies. His life was one of great highs and very deep lows. Many times David enjoyed the mountaintop victory, but he also endured deep valleys of despair. There was, however, an assuring constant in his life, and that was, my friend, his relationship with Almighty God. And our lives may not experience the level of intensity that David's did, but there are times it can be overwhelming for you and I. There is much we do not understand and valleys we don't enjoy. But we can rest assured the same assurances that David had. It is possible to overcome in an ever-changing world. And so with that being said today, I want to consider the principles involved in the subject victorious living in a very discouraging world. Victorious living in a discouraging world. Let's look back to Psalm chapter 27 now and verse number 1 down through verse number 3. We find, first of all, the hope of the believer. You see, David reveals that he has a personal relationship with the Lord. He uses the pronoun my three different times in verse number one. I don't understand how folks make it through life without God. The Christian has a foundation of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God, friend of mine, Jeremiah 17, verse number seven says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Now, let's look at this hope. This hope, number one, is built on God's provision. Back in verse number one, the Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, David had come a long way from his humble beginnings as a shepherd boy. He had to face giants, fought battles, and enjoyed God's hand of provision. He was well aware that God had brought him to where he currently stood. And friend of mine, God's people need to be reminded of what God has done for us. All that we are and ever hope to be rests in the mercies and provisions of Almighty God. 
So what does David declare that God has done? Well, he said, number one, the Lord is my light. You see, he had delivered him from a life of darkness as we guided and was guiding his steps. Aren't you glad, my friend, for the light of God in your life? Thank God as a child of God, I now walk in the light, even as he is in the light. Amen. And we have fellowship with one another. And so we also find that God was also his salvation. David had been redeemed from a life of condemnation to a life of forgiveness in the Lord. That alone is reason to rejoice and fill our hearts with hope. We have been saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and received a glorious hope in him. I'm glad that my hope and eternal destiny does not depend on what this world provides, but thank God my hope is built on Jesus. Amen. And not only do we find that the Lord is his light, or the Lord is my light, but also the Lord is the strength of my life. He had been in many hostile situations and called upon to perform many tasks that were impossible within himself to do. God had supplied the strength to overcome. Many times our flesh is weak, but there is strength in Almighty God. We have, have all had those giants come against us that we could not defeat. But God supplied the strength to make it through. Amen. It was his strength and power that brought the victory. And so we find here that uh, the hope of the believer is, number one, built on God's provision. The hope of the believer is backed by God's perimeter. Verse number two, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Here David reveals times when defeat, when defeat seemed certain. The enemy had invaded his life with one thing in mind. That was destroying him. In those times when defeat seemed sure, his enemies stumbled and fell. God had placed a hedge around him in his time of need. Friend of mine, aren't you glad this today for the hedge of God? He allows times of testing and trials, but the enemy can only go so far. There will be times when we feel as if all hope is lost, but God can cause our enemies to fall at our feet. He has set a perimeter that Satan cannot cross. Amen. If you are secure with the boundaries God has set, hell may rage but will not overcome. Thank God I'm glad that Jesus said the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. Hallelujah, friend of mine, hot dog and amen. I'm glad that I am part of the church that Jesus Christ is built upon. Amen. And so we find that um, uh, the hope of the believer is not only uh, built on God's provision, nor is it backed by God's perimeter, but also it's bound by God's peace. Verse number three, though when host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. You see, David was a man of war from his youth. He knew the horrors of battle and the fear it brings, but he had learned to trust in the Lord. He was confident in the Lord's ability to sustain him. Friend of mine, you and I, we must learn to trust in the Lord in our times of need. We'll obtain, well, we will never obtain victory if our faith and trust does not rest in Jesus. There's going to be times of difficulty and pain. But God is bigger than the battle we face. I oftentimes go back to that little uh, cartoon that VeggieTales put out years ago. My children used to watch them. And uh, there was one segment called God is greater than the boogeyman or God is bigger than the boogeyman. And it says uh, God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. God is bigger than the boogeyman and he's watching after you and me. Amen. Hot dog and hallelujah, friend. We can rest assured today that we have the peace of God and we can trust in him. And like I said, there's going to be times of difficulty and pain, but God is bigger than all of that put together. Many times, past performances and good are good indicators of our future. We need to learn this principle as it applies to God. 
Think of the valleys he's brought you through. Think of the giants he has defeated for you. Think of the mountains he's moved for you. Think of the storms that he's calmed for you. My friend, God has brought you safe thus far. And there is no reason to believe today that God would ever fail us. Not now, not ever. There's no need, hallelujah, to doubt him now. Amen. And so we find here, how do you become victorious in a discouraging world? You, number one, you see the hope of the believer. Number two, you see the heart of the believer. Verse number four, the Bible says, one thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David was a man after God's own heart. He wanted a heart and life that pleased the Lord. And there were three things about David's heart that we all need to develop. Number one, we need to develop a heart of wisdom. Back in the very first part of verse number four, we find David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. You see, there was one thing that David desired, and that, my friend, was a continual relationship with the Lord. It would have been easy to desire more victories, a larger kingdom, more wealth, even more power, but David's focus was right. He desired to build his life upon the Lord rather than the pleasures and gains of this life. He had come to realize that his relationship with the Lord was more important than the things in his life. And friend of mine, victorious living today requires a heart of wisdom. We must get to the place in life that God is our desire. He cannot take a back seat to our, to our desires. Amen. He must be the priority and focus of our lives. Many Christians today live defeated lives because they do not desire the Lord to be first. They have all of him they want. Friend of mine, we can't seek him only on Sunday and expect to overcome the difficulties of life. I don't want to live one day without the presence of God in my life. Amen. And if you're truly saved, I'm really sure that you don't either. So we need to develop a heart of wisdom. We need to develop a heart of worship. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David desired to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. He could not bear the thought of life without worshiping God. Being in God's house was very special to David. He desired that time to honor the Lord and enjoy his presence. Friend of mine, many today never fully understand the importance of being at the house of God. And with COVID-19, I think some of us are realizing just how much we miss being in the house of God. This is where our souls are fed and encouraged. We need to feed continually, my friend, at the master's table. A genuine heart of worship is lacking in our day. Many can come if they want, but rather stay at home if they don't. Friend of mine, we'll never enjoy victory without worship. We'll never get to the place that worship is not necessary. It is the most important activity that we engage in all the week long. Sure, we've got uh, technology now such as Facebook Live. We can watch our home church services, but friend of mine, it is nothing compared to being right there in God's house with God's people listening to God's man thunder the word of God. Don't let technology take the place of worship in the house of God. Amen. Hot dog and hallelujah there. Like I said, I thank God for technology, and technology is great as long as it's working, but brother, ain't it the devil when it's not working? But friend, don't let that technology take the place of uh, the worship at the house of God. Now, not only do we need to develop a heart of wisdom or a heart of worship, 
when it comes to the heart of the believer, but also a heart of wonder. Now remember, I'm preaching about how to live victorious in a discouraging world. Now we also need to develop a heart of wonder. The latter part of verse number four says, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David entered the house of God with a heart of praise and wonder. He wanted to behold God's beauty and inquire at his temple. Now the word inquire means to inspect, to admire, and consider. He had never gotten over what the Lord had done for him. Amen. He worshiped with a heart of wonder and devotion. And friend of mine, it's like this. Many have lost their awe of God. We have forgotten what God has done for us. The church is no longer a place of godly fear and holy reverence. Each time we meet, we need to be mindful of just who God is. We need to consider the power and the glory of the very God that we serve. I'll never understand why God loved me so much. But friend of mine, I never want to lose my affection and wonder for him. Because you see, friend of mine, I know who I was before I got saved by the grace of God. But oh, happy day when the Lord saved me because he knew who I was and yet he loved me. Let us come seeking to worship him for all that he is. We are privileged to have the opportunity to come before a holy God and feel his very presence. Amen. So how do you live victorious in a very discouraging world? Number one, you you see the hope of the believer. That hope is built on God's provision. It's built, it's backed by God's perimeter. It's bound by God's peace. How do you live victorious in, in a very discouraging world? You see the heart of the believer. You develop a heart of wisdom, a heart of worship, and a heart of wonder. But last of all today, let me say this. How do you live victorious in a discouraging world? Well, you find the hiding place of the believer. Verses 5 through 6. You see, David had been blessed with many hiding places from his enemies. And there's going to be times, friend, that you and I will need to slip away to our hiding place in the Lord. What is our hiding place? Well, can I tell you, number one, our hiding place is a protected place, according to verse number five. The Bible says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. He was hidden in the very pavilion of God. The king's pavilion was a tent that had been erected in the middle of the army's host. It was protected by the many valiant soldiers that surrounded it and defending their king. Now, consider the hiding place we have in God's pavilion. We are protected by the hand of God. We're not called upon to defend ourselves, but simply to rest surrounded by the hosts of God. You know, the devil may try, but he cannot make, break through God's pavilion without God's permission. Amen? Let me say that again. The devil may try, but he cannot break through God's pavilion without God's permission. And so we find that the hiding place for the child of God, for the believer, is a protected place. The hiding place for the child of God is also a precious place. David spoke of the secret of his tabernacle. This refers to the holy of holies where God dwelt. It was a place that few had the right to enter. And we as children of God, my friend, we can dwell in his secret place. We can enjoy the very presence of God. And this world knows nothing of God's secret place. They don't have the privilege that we do. Kings usually had a secret place in the palace that only invited guests were allowed to enter. But our king, hallelujah, friend, our king, almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, he invites us to enter in his secret place anytime that we desire. Amen. And so this hiding place is not only a protected place, a precious place, but also a preferred place. David said in verse 5, He shall set me upon a rock. This was a place of stability 
one that stood above the battle that raged below with the great vantage point of the battle and the enemy's advance. God's hiding place, my friends, the place that is lifted above the battle that rages. It is a place of peace and a place of safety. Thank God I'm glad that I'm set upon the rock of ages. Hey, man, you know, I, my favorite verses of Scripture, Psalm chapter number 40, uh, verses 1 through 3. Uh, the Bible says uh, that he lifted me out of that miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. Hey, man, I'm glad that I that my preferred place is set upon the rock of ages. And last of all today... Not only is that hiding place a, a protected, precious, preferred place, but it's also, according to verse number 6, a prominent place. And now shall mine head be lifted above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. You see, David had enjoyed victory over his enemies, been lifted to a lofty position. This is exactly what we have in the Lord today. You and I, we belong to Him. It may seem as if the world has gotten the upper hand, but always remember, my friend, who you belong to. Amen? This life is filled with difficulty, but you and I are victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ. We may lose a battle every now and then, but Jesus secured the victory at Calvary. You are somebody in the Lord. Amen? We do have victory in Jesus. Amen? I thank God that we have victory in Him. So, how do we have victorious living in the discouraging world? As I close the lady, let me ask you a question. Are you facing a difficult journey today? Friend of mine, Jesus wants you to enjoy the victory in him. Many times we live defeated lives when we don't have to. The Lord has all that we need to overcome if only you and I just trust him. If you have yet to respond to his call for salvation, come to the Lord as he calls today uh, for salvation. But friend of mine, it's like this. If you've already been saved by the grace of God, and you know it, friend of mine, you can rest assured you can have victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And so that's how you have victorious living in a very discouraging world. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been Brother Walter Turrell with the Sowing and Reaping audio podcast. And may you have a good rest of your day or night, wherever you may be listening, just on purpose.